Welcome to the 1015 News Podcast Network. This is a special edition of Conversations. We got one of the top Bahamian high school basketball talents in the country in the studio. This is a very rare occasion for us. We feel special. Yeah, number two basketball recruit in the Bahamas right now. Did you rank him? You have like a numbering system? Yeah, Kai's five, Sammy's four. You were supposed to say that, like, after it. Anyway, we got Sammy Hunter in the building. <laughs> Sammy, welcome to the pod. feel good to be here this morning. Thank you for having me. John, you have an actual ranking system. Now, I know, listen to me. For anybody listening to this podcast, what you have to realize is that John is kind of like the Brian Windhorse of Bahamian basketball. He is in all these people's meetings. He knows everybody. He has all the insider information. So when John tells you that somebody is one of the highest ranked players, I feel like you got to believe it. Yeah, you know, I've done my research. Um, have, you done, have you done your research? Yeah. Some of them there was some good, extensive research. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason we are here today is because, like we mentioned, Sammy has, it's been a meteoric rise in the recruitment. I think it was, you had about five or six major D1 offers in like a 10-day time span or something crazy like that. So things may have been slow before, but it really picked up this summer. What was the point in the recruitment for you where you saw things are going to be a bit different now? Everybody's going to come calling. After that, like, 10-day span, as you mentioned, because, like, before I wasn't really getting recruited by the big schools, like, Power 5 conferences, but now... It's happening, and I thank God for it. Who did you have before this summer? Like, what were the schools that were reaching out to you? Pacific, Colorado State, Chicago State, University of San Francisco, Santa Clara, and a few other mid-majors. The West Coast really been showing you a lot of love. Like, what is it about... What is it about... Did you say something to these people that make you think, like, you really want to end up in the West Coast? How did this happen? No, because that's where my school is. My school is in BC, and we go to California all the time. Like, at least, like, five times a year, so... Ah, so that was just an exposure thing. Yeah, so guys, just pick me up from there. So, before we get into the summer, I want to talk a bit about your experience at BC. Um, so you were here, you were at St. John's, and then you made your first junior national team. What year was that? I think that was 2015, I think it was. 2016. Or, or 2016, yeah. you made your first junior national team. Talk about your game at that point, and you know, what was that like for you to just be selected to that team? Like, for me, it was an honor, because at first I wasn't really with the national team. Like, I haven't, I wasn't, I didn't even try out for a team before. I was just like, oh, I'm going to go. And if they pick me, they pick me. And they pick me. I turned out to be one of the best players there. And then as I play against people at the international level, you gain confidence. So it was a no-brainer for me just joining the national team again when I turned 17 and play on the U-17 team. What was your game like at that point? Like, if you if you had to assess it, like knowing the things that you do now, think about a younger version of yourself and how you played then. I think I got faster, and I mean, I got older, so my body developed, so I got stronger, and skill level just I don't know, just came naturally. John, I feel like you gotta have some input on that. You were on that yeah, trip. Yeah, I was. Well, I wasn't at the Guyana trip. Yeah, but I was gold in medal. the yeah gold the gold medal. We watched that online and. It, it, it was a good team. Um, Dominican Republic, under 17, I felt like we had the talent. We just couldn't. The chemistry just wasn't there for some reason. But we had the talent, and 
I remember after that first game, Damon Stoudemire was at the game. That's when he got his first offer. So all of a sudden, it's just like you see a big huddle of people and just Sammy's just standing there and you're just wondering like, what the hell is going on? And then Sammy comes all nonchalant. Yeah, I just get an offer. <laughs> like, that was it. But when he played in that turn, I think he averaged like 15 points a game. Mm-hmm. I feel that the, um, the thing that he was lacking was the strength because he had the skill. He had the skill set. He had old man footwork, as you want to call it. He was able to shoot the ball, but it just felt like... The, he means you have some man feet, Tommy. Yeah. He's trying to say you slow. He was he was he, he was a little slower back then. He he picked up a little bit try, dunking people now. <laughs> he was very was very proud when I message now when when you dunk the dude from Notre Dame. Yeah. I was like wait, Sam, we just dunk someone. <laughs> I feel like it was such a very proud moment for us. Yeah, like, but I, I, this is what y'all have done this out of a ten YS. Like this generation of hoopers, we feel like it's our duty to really get that exposure and get them out there. So when stuff like this happens, me and John call each other and we talk about it like it's. I don't know. It's, it's a big deal to us. So you had that. You had that first offer. Did it sink into you yet that I'm gonna be playing basketball at another level? Because this was while you were still here. This was before you even went to Canada. Yeah. So you had schools starting to come up to you at that point. Was it then for you that you started to take this seriously? Like this is going to be a thing that that my future is gonna basketball is gonna be in my future. Yeah, because when stuff like that happened, you kind of change your outlook and change your approach to the game, and that's what I started to do. Just started to. I don't know if I could say, think I was a pro, but like realize I could do something with the game. You could take it to you. You know you're next level. Because yeah, the thing is, the yeah. next level most people realize is high school, then college, and then after college, you realize if you're next level pro. Yeah. But we could go into that now because he did play for a senior national team. Yes. Yeah, so we no. Well, we didn't go to Canada yet. We got to go to Canada. Canada is a very important part of British Columbia of this of this journey is a very important part of his growth as a player so the decision to go to Canada now I think a lot of a lot of Bahamian athletes went through this when you got to sell your parents on this idea yeah was mom and dad ready for that to happen the minute they heard about it or did it take some kind of coaxing like you had to convince them that this was the right move for you to make I'm an only child, so it wasn't wasn't easy for my parents. Mommy didn't want you to go ahead. No. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what that is. But I had to, I had to tell her, to, come on, man. I want to do this. I, I need to do this in order to get where I need to get, in order to get my office and go to college. So once she got her head around that, and my dad, like, he listens to whatever my mom says. So yes, my mom I mean, says, sounds like a Bahamian household. Says, That's how marriage works. Let him go. He's gonna let me go. How long and did the convincing take to get to win mom over? I don't know, cause before I was gonna go to the states, but then you know with the U.S. embassy, my visa got denied, so I didn't go. So I just said, oh, well, Canada's the next best thing, and it was a high level program now, like the stuff that the coach said to us about the program, and training wise it was gonna get me to where i am today so i just thank him for that and that happened the prep school experience is a little different than i think the traditional high school when people think of in terms of you know being on the high school circuit being a regular student athlete tell us how the prep school uh experience is different honestly i feel like i'm in college already (laughs) that's good i got a Stand all my schoolwork while on trips, and we have like almost forty plus games. 
barely have any home games because it's a prep school, so we travel a lot. So I gotta get it how I get it. Hmm. Now, Canada. Now, I think it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, what happened with the U.S. Embassy, because that's been happening with a lot of Bahamian student-athletes. Did you automatically think that, well, okay, the next logical step for me is going to Canada, or, you know, did somebody have to enlighten you to that to that path? I had a friend that used to go to BC Christian. That's how I got connected with the school. Before, I didn't, I didn't even know what British Columbia was. I didn't even know what British Columbia was. I just know the States. Football yeah. and that's it. Yeah, foreign. Yeah, I guess that's real foreign. I didn't really, to. I didn't really know about Canada. I didn't know what provinces were, cause like you know those applications when you mail and stuff. It's always state, state or state province. Or province. Yeah. What yeah. is a province? Like, what is the a, province? Is British Columbia. Yeah, British yeah. Columbia. See? <laughs> see now you full on now you full on Canadian now. So now, yeah. see now we got to give you a Canadian test because you've been there what three years now. Yeah, three years. You're going on my third year. Going on your going on your third year there. Okay. Uh are you in love with Tim Hortons yet? I wouldn't say I'm in love with it, but yeah. Tim Horton yeah. Tim Hortons is the move though. Do you Before like school, maple yeah. syrup? No. Oh man. How many flannel shirts do you have in your closet? None. How Canadian are you? You know what? I forget. This is what Drake calls. <laughs> yeah. This uh, is what Drake calls. Drake calls. Are you an East Coast perception. Canadian living on the West Coast? Is that what this is? I guess because I'm from the Caribbean. <laughs> and most of the East Coast Canadians are from the Caribbean. Do so. you say A? Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. That's all the Canadian you need. That's true. Uh, okay. So being your favorite part of the experience being in Canada for the last, you know, two years, I take it. Mm-hmm. Uh... Definitely not the weather, <laughs> but it gets I don't cold know. up there. It's like I like the people because like everyone's so nice there. Like Canada. See, that's yeah. one thing that that's one thing that you walk is around. True with Canada. You walk around, sure everyone just support. smiling. Especially my school, people so nice. You just walk around, everyone's smiling. It's because you're everyone tall. Everyone being so. nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you're tall. Everyone right? being nice to you. you I mean, you're not gonna be mean to somebody who's six nine because you're afraid that they'll probably crush you. I mean. <laughs> It's gonna happen throughout the rest of your life. It's, yeah. it's just what it is. So you had the, you had the West Coast teams recruiting, like you mentioned. Power Five really wasn't in play yet. So mm. let's get to this summer now. This summer was CAC before Summer of Thunder. Yeah, yeah. what's the timeline? So this is your first senior national team experience yeah. on CAC. Your mindset heading into that. I mean, I mean, everywhere you go, you just gotta play. But for me, I know I wasn't gonna play as much. So, my my goal was to score every time I touched the floor. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And the guys on the team could tell you this: I score every time I touch the floor. So, did John I, give you this advice? If this I play two minutes, if I play two minutes, Six I points. score four points. <laughs> if, uh, like it was a good experience because, like, I got some advice <laughs> from people like Kentuan Smith, like right. pros who've been around the game. They ain't old, but they've been around the game yeah, long yeah. enough to give tips to me because I'm 17 and I don't know nothing. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, you do know to try to score every time yeah. you get the yeah, ball. Like, you know, you know, you know yeah. that much. Yeah, I, I saw a ball. But you, you spoke to me just, what's the difference of the competition? Because you say when you played Mexico and you guarded um, Gustavo, Gustavo Ayon, Ayon, yeah, like It's a big dude. What is it that, because you were getting offers before when you played him. Is that when it really clicked in your head? Like, man, this is real next level stuff. Like, this yeah. isn't this isn't a joke anymore. But not not to scare me, but 
to get me to level up. Yeah. You feel me? Because, like, not many people are going to be his height, his his length, that body type, like, you know? And he's, like, 6'10", 250. And, like, he's one of the best players in your league right now. So, just, I think he just signed a deal, too, with some Turkish team. But, like, that gave me to level up, you know? Like, realize this the next level. I'm playing high school basketball no more. You mentioned, uh, you know, guys like Cantoin giving you that advice there at CAC. Um, and that's somebody who I think there's some similarities in your game there being, you know, that height and being able to extend uh, your shooting range on the floor. Who do you pattern your game after? One of my favorite players is DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, that's a good choice. Uh, my very unbiased opinion. Anytime <laughs> you pattern your game after a, a Kentucky, Kentucky player, <laughs> listen, good choice, really good I choice. Like cousins, why boogie cousins though? Just the way he plays, because like I know he's injured right now, but like so people don't rate him as high as they did before. That's all right though. But did you see the clips of him taking threes this yeah, summer? Like, yeah. <laughs> don't worry, but the he's just a bucket. Like, you, how could you not like something like that? Like six yeah, eleven. Listen, that's can what can shoot produce. it, can handle it. Can dunk on you, post up like complete game, you know, like, and to be his height, his weight, and be that ag- agile and mobile, it's a different story. Just killing. You know what we forgot to to mention because he was telling me he actually played Aiden in high school. Yeah. Ah. <clears throat> they destroyed. <laughs> give us a give us a good story from that game. Um, he said it was a. Yeah, it was one side of the, the... The point guard brought the ball up on the right side of the floor. Aiden comes down. I'm guarding him. Sets the screen. No, I wasn't guarding him. I was in help. I was in the basket. And he just slipped the screen. And I just saw him in the air. And he looked at me before <laughs> before he jumped. Mid-air. <laughs> yeah, he looked at me before he jumped. Just cock it back. And I was just like, eh, let me move on. <laughs> Sammy, why you going after it? Mm-mm. He was already. <laughs> this the rim. He was like there. Okay, but here's my here's my thing though. You go after that ball and you make a block on somebody that everyone thinks is gonna be was eventually gonna be the number one pick. Highlights everywhere. If you get dunk on, highlights everywhere. That's exactly. A, that's a chance you get to take. He dunked on one of my teammates before. That, that's why. He, that's why I wasn't trying to. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't talking no little no little. <laughs> I talking face to face. Well, t- Aiden did dunk like a six-year-old in Jeff Rogers' camp. Yeah, I mean, he dunks on people. It happens. Like, uh, if, like if, if you're going to be uh, a shot blocker, you got to get dunked on sometimes. Nope. It just comes into territory, though. Sammy, are you a shot blocker? part of the gig. No. There you go. <laughs> yeah, okay, he the- also had 30 <clears throat> in like 10 minutes, too. Would you have? Like... I don't know. I was a sophomore. I barely played. I had like six. <laughs> there you go. He scored every time he touched the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that, answer. That was important. Okay, but let's talk about the, the defensive side of the floor, though, because if you're going... When teams recruit you, um, you know, different people are going to have different ways they want to fit you into their system. So mm-hmm. there are going to be parts about your game that I guess they'll want you to improve on or things that you can do well that they want you to do better. You mentioned, you know, you don't think you're a shot blocker. What other elements of your game do you think you've got to shore up this year before you get to the collegiate level? Uh, perimeter defense. Because I think that's where I lack. Because, like, sometimes I get caught guarding a smaller guard 
and then I just end up following instead of using my link. So that's what I think I need to brush up on. Yeah. What about offensively? Offensively, just get quicker and just stay confident. Cause offense to me is all about confidence. Once you know what you're doing, once you know you could kill someone, like you gotta have that mentality. No one can mess with you. Like, how did I you know just, you were gonna say that? Like, yeah, I felt like when I asked that question, I felt like you was gonna say, "Nah, offense, I got it." Like, I'm, I'm good. Go get a bucket. Like a shoot that. Like that's that's straight. I I could hit that yeah. shot. But was it was it difficult uh, being here at first? Because I think most people when they play basketball in the Bahamas, you six feet or you six two, they sticking you down in the post and you got to be a big. But you were somebody at that point. You were taller than everyone, but still had kind of a perimeter oriented game. Did people try to break you out of that early on? Well, coaches here, they kind of had a crossroad because they don't know what to do because they see someone on a high school team six six. Center. <laughs> yeah, center. Yeah. But, like, for me, it was different because I could handle the ball. I wasn't as quick as guards, but I could handle the ball. I could think the game. I know what to make the right pass. Like, for me, I always feel if I was a little guard, I'd make better decisions than some of the little guards I was playing with yeah. at the time. But I feel I feel like you want to call names. No, no, I'm going to go. Call names. No, they're my boys. They're my boys. Take they, shots. You can, me you can, and John take shots at each other no, all the time. Pause. I can't do that. I can't do pause. that. Pause. Pause. See? Thank you. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. But, but no, like, I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. And then it goes into what I was saying about how teams recruit you. And like we were talking about before the podcast started, recruiting you as a traditional big when you're not really a traditional big in that sense. But a big, yeah. do you think of yourself as a big in terms of the way the NBA is moving forward? No, I think... No, some coaches told me I'm a hybrid forward. So... A I tweener, guess, like a 3-4. Yeah, 3-4. So I guess I could play that position at the next level. But definitely not a 5. If I was 7 feet and 250, maybe I could play a 5. But yeah, when, if you get to 6'11", then they're going to put you at 5. Yeah. Like, that's just the reality of it. I mean, yeah. Draymond plays at <clears> 5. Draymond, like 6'8". Six seven, eight. six six. Yeah, Draymond ain't that that yeah. tall. No, not at all. Draymond plays some five. Play some five. Yeah, probably get in where you fit in. Yeah. Okay, but this summer. So after CAC, then it was back here. It's a summer of thunder, and the mixtapes really put you out there. Like yeah. I think things change when uh, this man just refused to leave the gym during summer of thunder, and he was there for every game, almost every and game, and. I think that's that's when your recruiting really picked up. That's when you started playing against these Power 5 schools and your name really got out there. What was the first call you got this summer uh, in terms of the recruiting process where things like really started when it clicked? Arkansas. It was Arkansas's first. Oh, it was Arkansas's first. And then it was Ole Miss. And then just started from the Grand Canyon, Western Kentucky, and Kansas State. See, I, I've never been uh, recruited for anything, so I need to know what this experience is like. So when you get that call and somebody on the other end of the line, you're getting the call from Arkansas, do they just say, you know, we want you to be a part of this program? How does how does this process Yeah, work? they're like, you think you come in, play, make a difference on our team, and like, you love to offer you a scholarship. How long does a call like that last? Yeah. About five minutes. Mm-hmm. So really then, they, then they really start calling you like <coughs> nonstop. Like they start like they want to know who you are as a person. They just don't. They don't like recruit just to recruit. They want to know what you could do in school, what you like to do off the court. And, like 
your family they want to get to know you like personally they don't just want to say hey come to our school come play basketball when we're on the court don't talk to me when we're off the court don't talk to me when we're on the court you could talk to me no it's not like that they want to know who you are right. and that's the good part about college and recruiting that so sounds like it's like almost like the combine because even when myron came in here that one day and he was just saying they ask you about everything yeah, they want to know more than just what you because they could watch film and see what you do on the court but that's mm-hmm. not really how you're gonna get to know somebody how you're gonna gonna get to know somebody is doing all of this research yeah. so the arkansas it's i think your situation is, is kind of it, it's different from a lot of the other ones we hear because yours starts with this with this big school so you are you start with the sec school as the first one that comes this summer and then everybody picks up after that so after you get that first big arkansas offer i know you had reporters calling and that's when other schools started to call in like yeah. this you just mentioned yeah Ole miss i i always like Ooh, sec fight all, yeah i always seen Ole miss on like movies and stuff I'd be like i wonder what it'd be like to go there you're talking about blindside yeah <laughs> that's all when you say i see Ole miss in movies and stuff but you then, just mean the blind side yeah, it doesn't basically the blind side it <laughs> doesn't hurt that pretty much Ole Miss is one of those schools that has been elevated in the Bahamas because of the connections yeah. that we have. So he's been see- you've been seeing that everywhere too because you got yeah. Franco, and you I got Coach Franco, Yo. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it, it's crazy. I just look at it. It's crazy how things work because two years ago, you say Ole Miss, everyone's going to be like, they forgot Dwight even went there, you yeah. know? Yeah, that too. So it's just crazy how things go into perspective. So the the you got the two SEC schools SEC schools in the fight. Now after the Arkansas offer, did did, what, did your mindset change going into these Summer Thunder games now, or did you always think you know this is a chance for me to get on because I'm playing these schools where everyone's watching? Was that always the goal? That's my that's my goal. Like just kill, just like, get on the court and kill. Yeah, because like <laughs> I'm making a meme. I mean, once you see people, once you know people know what to look for. Once they see you, people who know what to look for. Once they see you. And they see what you could do and what they're looking for, you'll be fine. That's my mommy always telling me just like go out there and just play your game and don't worry about like other offers and what other people get. Just focus on you, you'll be fine. Okay, now I this is the point uh the podcast. This is the most important moment of the interview. Uh right now. Are you prepared to reveal your choice and break this news right here on the 10YS podcast? Sammy Hunter, reveal your school. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, mean, I had to try. Oh, yeah. I had to uh, try. Yeah. I had to try. So you lined up. You got you got a few visits lined up. I, You expect that the recruiting is really going to pick up now from this point because yeah. now you're going on visits. Now there are going to be more people watching when you're on the prep circuit. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? I mean, yeah. Because, like, it don't put no pressure on me because I just do what I do, you know? But, like, I wouldn't say I'm unprepared, but all this happened so fast, you know? I wasn't really expecting. Oh, obviously you expect it, but, like, I wasn't really. You were hoping. You hoped for it. Yeah. You yeah. hoped for it, but I wasn't really expecting all this stuff to happen. I mean, I... I honestly think it's okay to be unprepared for this aspect of it because you spend your life preparing to be better on the court. But nobody actually prepares to be fielding all these calls and having to think about, you know, what's the benefits of this school and the the other school. You know, like that's something that's not not a part of the dream. If you think think about it, it wasn't as 
crazy as Kai. But Kai came out of nowhere as well. Like, Kai was one of those things. Kai was just a regular tall person. And the next day, yeah. 20 offers. Like, yeah. And Sammy is at the route where it's just like Sammy was just there playing in Kendall Isaacs. And the next day, Arkansas comes in and then offers keep coming in. So it's like, it's crazy how when you're not on the, the circuit like that in the U.S. eyes at all times. And then all of a sudden, someone sees you, they like you. And then there's a copycat. It's a copycat league. Yeah. That's, that's all where, it is. I think that's where, like, your work, your, all the hard work is showing, too. Because for Kai, like, I know for myself, like, he's a hard worker. Like, he's always in the gym. But for me, I'm always in the gym, so. But that's what your mom, as your mom said, you do you and it's going to come. It's like, yeah. it's it's not that this magically just happened overnight where you just said, oh, he's a good. It's the amount of hours and work you put in. Because yeah. you have to put the work in. It's not like you just going out there and being like hey i'm tall i'm gonna go play basketball mm-hmm. although you, that's how it works it kind of works like that yeah but you <laughs> sacrificed a lot of hours into it and now you're you're getting the the benefits from from your work so yeah. do you th- do you think that worked as a benefit in like guys like you and kai it worked in y'all's favor because you weren't you know in that in the world of american recruiting so to speak so you guys were kind of to them you would be seen as late bloomers so your recruiting process happens much later in the game than some of these other guys that were in the system from day in like eighth and ninth grade. Do you think that works in your favor? For me and Kai, you know when I really realized we could play against like high level competition at basketball without borders. We were named the All Star team, and like we just we just was like we could play with these guys, regular people. And you know what the crazy thing is about that? Like you thought that they put them on the team because it was here. Like, sometimes that's what happens because of the things here. But in reality, it was, no, they're actually some of the, the top 24 campers. Because how many kids were there? Like, 120 or something like that? No, like, 60-something. Uh, that's with the girls, 120. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but look at it, though. The selections obviously were the right ones to make because yeah. you have Kai and Sammy, and they're two of the most sought-after recruits in their class. And then you have Dominic right now is in France playing. So when you look at that... And I'm sure I'm sure the opportunity is going to come for for Darren eventually as well. So when you look at the selections for that basketball without borders camp, we may look back on that as, you know, that may be one of the best classes we had or one of the best groups that we've well, had in a while. If you think about it, and I was telling, I don't know who I was telling, it was probably you, but if you look, I think this is the first time in a long time we actually have, because you got to talk about Kenny Isnor as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have three Bahamians who all have high major offers in the same recruiting cycle. Yeah. Like, usually it's, you got one, you got DeAndre, you got a Franco, you had a Dwight that year, Tom, you know, a but It's just like, but this is the first year where you have three now. Three p- future national team players at the senior level that's going to be carrying the flag. So it's like, it's just, it's just how basketball is growing. What is the relationship like between you guys? Since you mentioned Frank O'Reilly, I assume he probably told you a bit about the recruiting process because he went through it last year. What's the relationship like between, you know, all of you? Because you spent time on junior national teams together when everybody's home. I'm sure all of y'all meet up and everybody hoops. What's the bond like? Well, for Kai, I know Kai for like three years. So it's just been like, and for me knowing him and all the attention he's gotten, he never changed. Like, he's a normal person. Like, Because he still got a fro. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he humble. Like, he just is a nice guy. And his father, too. Very nice people. And then Kenny. I don't know Kenny that well. But, like, 
because I don't really see him because he lives in Florida. But we, I see him on Twitter and he hit me up and stuff like that. But like for me, Franco, I know Franco for two years now because we played in the same league back in Canada. Not the same school, but he's playing yeah. the same league. He was and at Crestwood, you were at yeah. BC. And we've been talking for a while. He's been talking to me, been trying to recruit me to go to Wilmington <laughs> with them. And, like, that's been a good experience. So, knowing people and knowing people, especially from where you come from, that's a good thing. Never a bad thing. So, I'm just saying, uh, if the Kentucky offer comes along, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, if Franco's making the push for Old Miss, I'm just saying if the Kentucky offer comes, you know, just consider it. Mm-hmm. Consider it strongly. Yeah. Yeah. And by consider it strongly, I mean like sign right away, <laughs> like, right away, like that that day, <laughs> that no, that December signing period done. <laughs> Do you have a target date set for when you think that you wanna you wanna make this decision? No, not really. So it's maybe just, like after after January, sometime after January. But I don't know. My parents still thinking it over with them. We'll pray about it. See what happens. Uh, when y'all have the family meetings and y'all thinking and praying about it, uh, let me and John uh, pray come with into you. the family meetings because I feel like we should be there because we have big plans for this announcement. Like, whenever this happens, we are going to make a huge spectacle out of this. Like, you think people do it on ESPN big. Just let us take control of that part. Let us talk to mom and dad. <laughs> like, let I'm me sure. make it a big deal. If it's, Especially if it's uh, January, February. John, we got to get to work. Yeah. We got to start planning where we're going to have Coming this. Coming to B.C.? I mean, I mean, I feel like we should do it here. Yeah. It's warmer here. Let's do it here. All right. Yeah, we see, got the beach see, right here. See, this what this is why we t- let let us take care of this part. You when just, spring break, <laughs> you focus on playing. We'll handle this. We we had the next family meeting. Me and John right there. <laughs> okay, so we're working on the list. We expect more offers to come. It's going to be a crazy final year of prep school for Sammy Hunter. Log on to Ten YS. I'm sure we're gonna. We're going to keep track of everything that he's doing so you guys can follow as well. And not just him, but all of the young Bahamian Hoopers as they prepare to get to the next level. Y'all know what to do. Hit us up. Pay attention. Sammy, nice to have you here on the pod. Thank you. And hopefully you make your announcement on 10YS as well. I'm going to make a shameless plug for us. Yeah. You know, Franco did it. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Franco did it. I feel like Franco's the twin setter for this generation. We can throw it out to Kai, too. I mean, Kai, what's up? Kai, everybody else. Y'all should know where to make your announcement. This has been the 10th year seniors podcast. Y'all stay woke. We going to my pick.